back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everyone. Tyler here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Heads up, before we get into it today, we are headed into a long holiday weekend here. We got MLK Day on Monday. And if you're bullish on this market like we are, holiday weekends are a good sign. Typically, after coming back from holiday weekends, the markets do tend to do well. But today, we got off to a bit of a poor start to end the week uh, as we had a poor reaction to a few misses on the first earnings of Q4 earnings seasons here. The big banks kicked it off today, which is basically the unofficial start of every earnings season is with the big banking names. And today, you know, if you look at the top line numbers and estimates, you would think that earnings were actually pretty good. But then you start to look at the year-over-year numbers and dive deeper into the earnings that we got today and really pretty unimpressive numbers from the banks overall. The reaction from the market was not great. I think it was four out of the five names that reported today did finish lower on the day, and namely JP Morgan down a big 6% plus on the day-to-day. BlackRock, Citigroup also down on the day-to-day as well. Uh, One that did buck the trend was Wells Fargo, uh, actually up big on the day-to-day, hitting an all-time high for Wells Fargo. So it wasn't all bad out there for the financials. And if you look at the sector as a whole and the names within the sector, a sell-off today on this news, not a huge surprise here, really a lot to do with timing as our financial sector was at, is at, overbought readings on our VRA momentum oscillator. So not a big surprise uh, from us here, but at the end of the day, it's not the news that matters, it's the market's reaction to the news. And like I said, not a major surprise to see this reaction from the market as we've been at overbought readings, as the financials really have been on a tear to kick off the year, leading the way. We've seen this massive rotation Uh, I say massive rotation, it's really a sentiment rotation because you've seen so many in the financial mainstream media talking so much about value names for 2022. That has been the theme. In a rising rate environment, they want you to own value names. And while to some extent we do agree with that and think that the banks will do well in 2022, we've come a long way pretty quickly here. And like I said, a lot of it's in anticipation of rising rates for 2022. But if you've been tuning in with us here, you know our view. The rising rate story is going to be short-lived. Likely a lot like we saw in in early 2021 when the 10-year was right at a little bit below actually the level it is right now. And going into February and March of last year, everybody was saying rates are going to be rising. That was Again, a pretty short-lived story as well until the end of the year and into now. After that, it was peak fear about rising rates at the time. Uh, and like I said, our view here remains unchanged. You see J.P. Morgan and Jamie Dimon saying that there's going to be six or seven rate hikes over the next year and a half. Yeah, and four rate hikes for sure this year. We're still in the camp that there's going to be about one rate hike this year, namely just so that the Fed and Jay Powell can save face here and say that they did what they said they were going to do. Uh, that's really the main reason that we see it here. But 
for the financials as a whole, we see one reason as to why they would do really well here in 2022. And that is a big reason, a big reason we wrote our most recent book, The Big Bribe, which is coming out here soon. And that is financial engineering. It's been the story of the U.S. stock market since the financial crisis, since the Fed began intervening with quantitative easing and other policy measures, easy money policy measures at that. Uh, so that's a, a big reason why we see the financials doing well. And as much as Kip and I both despise the sector, the companies in it, this is the world that we live in of heavily financial engineering. Uh, think about this though. You've got companies like JP Morgan, led by Jamie Dimon, in his tenure as CEO of JP Morgan, has presided over no less than five felony count offenses. Any other industry, this man would be in jail. They would lock him up. We didn't see it after the financial crisis. Nobody went to prison for that. We're not likely not going to see it now for the massive wealth transfer that we've seen during coronavirus either, which makes this group for us almost uninvestable, at least on the individual name basis, because so much corruption has occurred in, the, in this industry, right? I mean, look at what Wells Fargo did with opening fake accounts under their members' names. Like I said, the five count felons at JP Morgan Chase, their massive manipulation of the precious metals markets as well. I mean, the list goes on and on here. And as much as this type of corruption is disgusting, it is, just flat out is, we have to recognize this is the system that we live in of massive financial engineering. And for that reason alone, we see the banks having a pretty good 2022. And, you know, there are a lot of ways to play this. We'll do it through ETFs because like I said, we don't want to invest in these companies. Even then though, only in ideal situations. Kim doesn't like to do it at all. Doesn't even want to come anywhere near them. I'll do it for a trade, but that's about it. They're right online with the likes of China right now. You don't want to be invested in China if you are a believer in democracy, free speech, uh, anti-fascism. Really, any of those uh, factors make China uninvestable. But from a market perspective, we do want the financials to perform well. We saw it ahead of the financial crisis, saw banks breaking down right after housing. Banks started breaking down. Regional banks started breaking down. We haven't seen that at all. Uh, if we did start to see that, that would be a yellow flag. Absolutely. So we do want to see the, the financials performing well. And really for the day that they had, like I said, with JP Morgan down 6% plus to have BKX, the banking index, let's see exactly where it finished here. Um, yeah, down three tenths of 1% coming off of an all time high from yesterday. No, no yellow flags flashing here at all. Just yet. Like I said, this sector has been at extreme overbought readings. So no real concerns there, but on the day really actually pretty solid market action. And we got some better news today from the great economist over at Evercore led by Ed Hyman and team. And really agreeing with what we've been saying for here for some time that GDP is going to remain strong, earnings are going to remain strong, and they might even be more bullish than we are in that regard. Based off of their metrics, what they use to measure nominal GDP, they just put out a piece today saying that 
Q4 nominal GDP was roughly 13%, growing at the fastest pace since 1981. And what that means for us here, in 1981, corporate quarter, quarterly corporate profits also surged 38% on a quarter-over-quarter quarter basis. And we are firmly in the camp here with Evercore that Q4 earnings are about to knock it out of the park. And our markets are at oversold or at least nearing oversold readings on VRA momentum oscillators. The timing here really couldn't be perfect. And overall for the market, the market doesn't top until earnings top. We won't see that in Q4 from last year. That's how we see it here. You can take that one to the bank. And so if the market doesn't top until earnings top, based off of our work, what we see, we're not looking at a market peak until sometime around 2026. So that is the good news on the day. And again, we see rocking Q4 earnings taking this market higher. So let's take a look at our market action here on the day today. This morning didn't look good for our markets. All of our major indexes open mixed and then fell into midday, but we got a strong close here. Basically all of our major indexes finishing at, at or near their highs of the day, really across the board. We were led by tech, which is exactly what you want to see if you're bullish. Tech up just under six tenths of 1% to 14,893. And what you want to see from this group is semis leading tech. And we got that today in spades. Uh, tech, Four to one outperform, or sorry, semis four to one outperformance on tech today. The semis are up a big 2.2%. So just what we want to see from that group. Next up here were the small caps up 0.14% on the day to 2,162. Next up was the S&P 500 up 0.08% to 4,662. And lastly for today, the Dow Jones are one laggard on the day, down just over half a percent to 35,911. What, uh, what I really found most interesting today, we've got our market still right in the ranges of all-time highs, really not far away from that at all. And so, you know, you'd expect fear and greed index not to be at an extreme greed or fear mode at this time. We're, we're about neutral, but the put-call ratio today spent just about the entire day above a one. We finished the day at a 1.1. That's a big number, folks. That's very bearish, or not very bearish. That means there's a lot of bears out there. And as contrarians, we'd love to take the other side of that bet. The average book call ratio is typically a 0.7. So at a 1.1, a lot of bears out there, a lot of people getting bared up. And again, going into a long weekend, we look for good market action next week. So come back, rested up, and ready to rock after MLK Day because that's what we think this market is about to do here as well. Looking at our internals on the day, this is where we, for weeks now, I've been talking about wanting to see improvements from the internals. We have not seen that just yet, but just like our markets, we got a nice rally from the internals into the close. Declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. Similar story with new 52-week highs to lows. A disappointment here. A little bit closer, but about two to one negative for the NYSE. And then for the NASDAQ, we still had 679 stocks hitting 52-week lows. That's an elevated number. Still below the peak, which is just above, I think it's around 750 stocks hitting 52-week lows. So we want to see higher lows continue to be put in there. 
uh, definitely would like to see some improvement on that metric, but can be a lagging indicator as well, especially with the way that SPACs have now been included in this, because you don't just have the, the stock itself, you have the warrants uh, and the contracts. Uh, so it can be a little bit of a lagging indicator, but volume. This is where things got a lot better. We're, we had negative volume readings earlier in the session, but just like our markets, we got a rally into the close here to finish positive for both the NYSE and the NASDAQ. NASDAQ turned positive earlier. NYSE was still negative roughly 30 minutes before the close, but we finished positive on both of them. So good to see strong volume today on a day where we were mixed uh, for so much of the session like we saw today. Looking at our sectors on the day today, you would have thought it was a little bit worse out there looking at these. We finished with four out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. Those were energy as XLE, the energy ETF, continues to hit 52-week highs. And I believe that's the highest level now since 2018. Let's check that out. And soon here we'll have these charts incorporated as well um, into our, our video platforms. Yes, this is the highest level since October of 2018 for XLE as oil. Now just about $1 a barrel away from its highest level since 2014 as we were seeing oil decline from you know $100 plus a barrel. And we still remain in the camp here that we will see $100 a barrel oil. I called that last year, January 7th, I believe it was. Uh, when I made that call, said so 12 to 18 months. So we still got about another five months to go on that call. And at the at the rate that oil is looking right now, very possible that we get to that. Still, regardless of if we get to $100 a barrel or oil or not, the energy sector is one we remain very bullish on here. I will point out that we are at extreme overbought readings here for both oil and energy stocks. All right, so for the rest of our sectors there, we were followed there by tech. Like I said, good to see the semis outperforming the tech sector as a whole as well. Communication services and then consumer staples. Our laggards on the day were real estate, financials, and materials. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Precious metals getting hit today. Gold now down about three-tenths of 1% 1 to 1,816 an ounce. Similar action from the miners today. Silver now down eight tenths of one percent to twenty-two dollars and ninety-seven cents an ounce. Copper now down two point four percent. Pretty big down day for copper today, but still at pretty high levels at four dollars and forty-three cents a pound. And as I mentioned earlier, oil up on the day as well at two point six three percent to eighty-four dollars and twenty-eight cents a barrel. Finally for today, crypto's rallying, Bitcoin up 1.05% to 43,249 a Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com, click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Have a great long weekend for MLK Day. We'll see you back here on Tuesday after the close.